This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Lisa, last word to you. Uh, if you had a moment, a salient uh, moment to sit with Joe Biden and offer some advice, what would that advice be to the president of the United States? I mean, I would tell him he sucks uh, and he should resign and he's ruined the country. <laughs> I mean, really, and honestly, I have no respect for this man. He left Americans behind in Afghanistan. He's intentionally driving up gas prices. He's doing as much intentional harm to this country as he possibly could. So I would have nothing but unkind words to say for him if, I, if I'm just being perfectly honest with you. So he wouldn't want to hear it. I'm not getting an invite anytime soon, Jason. <laughs> How you doing, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is July 11th. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Subscribe if you have not. And uh, that was Lisa Booth, Fox News correspondent Lisa Booth, good buddy of mine, Lisa Booth, proud Floridian Lisa Booth, and the very same Lisa Booth who will be joining me on stage this Thursday at the Miami Improv. There are a couple tickets left. Also, Christina Pouchaw, who is Ron DeSantis' press secretary, will be there. And uh, my buddy Dave Raboy, a multiple Rubin Report guest, Dave Raboy. Uh, DaveRubin.com slash events if you want to join us in Miami. And I just had to play that clip regardless of Lisa coming on the show or not. I mean, just like a perfect destruction of Biden, just like the whimsical way that she says it, says it. Like, it's just like nobody has respect for the guy and he doesn't really deserve much respect. Uh, anyway, I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, we are in the middle of the summer. I do have to say these Florida summers, not too bad. Had a nice weekend, a little bit of sweat out there walking the dog, saw some lizards. It's all good. Some parrots. Got a lot of parrots in my tree in the backyard. I hope you guys had a good weekend as well. Uh, and today, what we're going to talk about is something that was sort of breaking just as we were doing our live stream on Friday, but then it fully broke uh, later in the afternoon. I know I spent a lot of time on the show talking about Twitter and Elon Musk and all that, and there's a certain percentage of you, and you're a wise percentage, who are not on Twitter, and I don't recommend, if you're not on Twitter, getting on Twitter. Uh, as you know, I'm trying to figure out to, how to plot my exit off Twitter. I think these things have to implode, but you sort of have to fight sometimes where the fight actually is. Uh, but I do think that the Twitter situation and Elon Musk's purchase and then non-purchase and now lawsuit over the purchase or non-purchase uh, does represent something much bigger in society related to free speech and censorship and fighting the machine and our political polarization and the whole thing. So in case you are living under a rock and you did not hear, uh, late, Thursday, uh, late Friday afternoon, uh, Elon Musk quashed the Twitter deal. Uh, and the reason that he says he did it is that while they were doing their due diligence, Twitter either would not allow him to see the actual data related to how many bots there were, or he got some information related to how many bots there are, meaning fake accounts. And if there are all these fake accounts and bots, then it's like, what are you actually buying, right? Like this bill of goods doesn't match the actual product. And when you're spending, say, 44 billion on something, uh, you know, Basically, you want to know that it is legit. Uh, you guys know that I've been saying for a couple weeks now, as this thing 
got a little weird and got delayed. It was like, maybe they were gonna find out that the whole thing is fraudulent. I, I've sort of been feeling that for a long time. We all know about the shadow bans and the manipulation and all of those things. And again, for those of you that are not on Twitter, that are like, why do you focus so much on Twitter? Whether you like it or not, it is the place right now. It is the global PR service where the, where the tastemakers, the influencers are, and what starts there leaks out into the rest of society. That may not be good. I'm pretty sure it ain't good, but it is real. Uh, so uh, I was calling it out. Uh, there's a certain orange man who said a while back that this was not a good deal and it probably was not gonna work out. We got some video of that. Uh, and this all sort of leads us to the, to the loser of the, of the week and it's gonna continue his losing this week. Uh, Joe Biden, just disastrous all across the board. And now the Democrats more and more are saying they want him out. So who will replace him and what will happen? I have some thoughts on all of that. Anyways, buckle in. Uh, we got a big show for you on this Monday. Uh, first quick, guys, let me talk to you about Moinkbox. You know, 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company, and it's owned by the Chinese. Surprise, surprise. Their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way. I want to tell you guys about Moink. That's moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breast to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus you can cancel any time. I'm smoking some serious ribeyes pretty much every weekend at this point. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted and Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they'll guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now, and you'll get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. That's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben. That's moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, so Elon killed the Twitter deal, although Twitter is now saying they're gonna sue him to make the deal happen. This is the same deal that the board tried to stop Elon from doing in the first place. The whole thing is very bizarre. We've got some info here from the Daily Wire. Billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk moved to terminate his $44 billion deal to buy Twitter on Friday, prompting a virtual avalanche of commentary from both sides on the social media platform. Musk, who has asked from the beginning for data regarding how many fake slash bot accounts there are across the social media site, sent a letter through his attorneys alleging that the information had not been provided and demanding that the agreement be terminated. Holy shit, the party is really over here, Dave Rubin responded. The purge is coming. Think about the bot manipulation corruption he found out about while doing due diligence. Probably can't say anything because of non-disclosures. This explains Twitter's more brazen suspensions and the increased shadow banning lately. What a shithole. That's Dave Rubin for you. This was the last chance that something decent could be salvaged from the nightmare that big tech could become. 
the time to build new things was a long time ago, Rubin continued. Okay, so uh, yes, I'm quoting Dave Rubin on Dave Rubin's show, but I think Dave Rubin got to the heart of it. Uh, there's a big problem here. The thing that is the mass communication service that we have in, in the world right now, really in America, but really it is the world, um, is highly manipulated, whether that's through shadow bannings or de-boosting or fake accounts and all of those things. And that, so it's like, okay, if you're not on there, you're going, well, why is any of this important to me? I'm just not on there and I'm living my life. And again, God bless you for it. And you're probably doing it right. However, when information travels there, when clips travel there, when they hide Hunter Biden's laptop and ban certain accounts and say, Donald Trump, the president of the United States can't be on here, but this person can be on here. Or you can threaten violence like call to arms, like mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. But you know, if you're on the right, you can't do this. All of that then leaks out into real world stuff. So we've got a tweet here from Elon Musk. Uh, oh, well, this is a, a meme that he tweeted out. They said, I couldn't buy Twitter. Then they wouldn't disclose the bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. Now they have to disclose bot info in court. So this is one of those things where people, you know, basically are like, is he playing 3D chess or 4D chess or 5D chess, 8D chess? Nobody knows how many Ds are in the chess at this point. Uh, you know, that basically he said, hey guys, just give me the honest info of what's going on here. I'm willing to buy this thing. I want to defend free speech. And remember, when he made the offer to buy this thing and said, hey, I just want to open this thing up defend free speech, you know, you can't threaten to kill people, but we can have honest political discourse here and sometimes you're gonna be offended and you can block people if you want, et cetera. Remember, everybody started calling him a racist. The New York Times was writing stories about him growing up in South Africa because of apartheid and he and his family must be racist. That's what they do. Well, anyway, when all this was happening, it made me think there was one guy who kind of predicted that this was not gonna end well. Uh, I tweeted this out about that guy. The biggest winner today is probably Trump, who immediately said he wouldn't get back on Twitter even if Elon bought it. So you may remember that. Remember that when this all happened in many ways, you know, a month ago when Elon was buying this thing, in many ways, all roads were going to lead to Trump because there's all sorts of people they can unban, right? You could bring Alex Jones back on. You could bring back a series of, of meme makers and all of the types of people that have disappeared. Really what it would come down to is Trump because Elon was not going to be able to buy it and then say, oh no, but Donald Trump can't come back on. And if he said, okay, Trump's back on, it's like, is the Apple store now going to kick Twitter, the Twitter app out of the store? I mean, that's why the internet and solving all of these problems is so layered and all of those things. Anyway, uh, Trump then gave a talk uh, over the weekend and he addressed just that. I call that one right. Leon's... I tell you what, Elon, Elon is not going to buy Twitter. Where did you hear that before? From me. From a fake account. She says fake. A lot of them. Nah, he's got himself a mess. All right, I'm only throwing that in there just to sort of further solidify this thing where Trump basically calls things and gets them right. Like he has a really good track record of getting these things right. So whether Elon gets Twitter now, whether Elon's move was to destroy Twitter from the inside, because now in court, they're gonna have to open up the books and, and show all of that stuff, who knows? But right now, there's, a, there's sort of a win for Trump, there's a maybe win for Elon, and Twitter seems to have lost no matter what. And again, I'm rooting for Twitter to lose. I, I'll tell you, 
totally candidly at this point, even though I've spent a, a tremendous amount of time and effort on Twitter and I've built up, I've, you know, over a million people that follow me on there and I get a lot of traction despite the way they shadow banned me. Obviously they're screwing with my account in crazy ways right now. And I got banned last week, as you know, and all those things. I, I do think that the best solution here actually would not be for Elon Musk to get Twitter. I think it's so rotten to the core. The host is so infected that I actually think that the best resolution of this would be that Twitter implodes. It probably should implode and we should all figure out other ways to communicate with each other. Uh, there are things such as locals, you can join other video sites instead of YouTube like Rumble, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, uh, that's my feelings on that. But it all goes to this sort of winner loser situation because there, that is what's happening right now. We're in this shift where some people, they have a kind of track record of getting things right. Some people have a track record of getting things wrong. So who's kind of the biggest loser in America right now? Well, all eyes are looking at Joseph R. Biden, the elderly man pretending to be president. He is uh, getting banged up within his own party, mainstream media, online media, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get to that in just a sec. Uh, let's just talk about policy genius for a moment. You know, why get life insurance? In an unpredictable economy, life insurance can offer peace of mind that anyone who relies on you financially, a child, a parent, or even a business partner will have a financial cushion if something happens to you. I can attest, I got two baby boys on the way. Policy Genius is an insurance company, uh, insurance comparison website that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in one place to find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Just click the link in the description or head over to policygenius.com slash Ruben to get personalized quotes in minutes and find the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options so you can make decisions with confidence. And with thousands of five-star reviews across Google and Trustpilot, Policy Genius has options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Head over to policygenius.com slash Ruben to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And now back to me. All right. So Biden, he's a struggling. I don't know if they're letting him know that he's struggling, but he's a struggling. Uh, even CNN now is reporting that a lot of people know something ain't right. As members of his own party and key supporters are getting more frustrated. They're questioning if the White House can muster the urgency to deal with huge challenges from the economy to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. And the rattled confidence is widespread. A Monmouth poll just found 88% of Americans think the U.S. is on the wrong track. That's an all-time low. Okay, that is a crazy, crazy number. I, I try not to get lost in stats and polls and things like that because they can be manipulated. I generally don't trust CNN and often the, the polling organizations that they're using. The fact that CNN is putting that statistic up, 88% think that this country is on the wrong track. That's pretty much everybody. That's pretty much everybody. That includes some of the 81 million people who voted for Joe Biden. Everyone is starting to realize not only are the policies bad, across the board, the policies are bad. Bringing in the woke stuff, disaster uh, getting out of Afghanistan, whatever in the high hell is going on with Ukraine, inflation, gas prices, printing money, COVID nonsense, all the stuff. Not only that, but then of course, everyone's also seeing that he's crumbling, that the guy does not have the mental wherewithal to do this job. Everyone knows it. 
And it's like this slow motion. Truth sort of is a slow motion or it's a time release to the mainstream media. We all see it. We all know it, right? But the, by the time the mainstream media really gets to it, it's like that they've just had it ingested in their system and it takes a little while for the truth to actually get through to them. Uh, but it's not just CNN that is uh, finally admitting that things are obviously not going well and that it has something to do with Joe Biden. Check out this tweet from the New York Times, which is pure leftist trash. As President Biden insists he plans to run for a second term, his age has increasingly become an uncomfortable issue for him and his party. Polls show many Americans consider him too old and some Democratic strategists do not think he should run again. Now, what's interesting is the way they're framing that, First, as I said, I'm somewhat impressed that the New York Times is actually touching anything that has to do with reality. That's pretty good and we should give them credit for that. The issue here is not straight up Joe Biden's age. You can be into your 80s and really, really sharp. It's probably not an age you wanna to be to be president of the United States. You probably generally want someone maybe in their, four, I would say 40s, 50s, 60s, probably ideal in terms of full physical health, mental acumen and the whole thing. But that is not to say you can't be much older and seriously mentally sharp. Uh, watch my interview with Thomas Sowell from two or three years ago as I think he was 89 years old. Uh, you can be pretty old and pretty sharp at the same time. The problem is that Joe Biden is not sharp. The problem is that Joe Biden has shown considerable decline in let's say the last four years but really, really significant decline in the year and a half. It's only been a year and a half that this clown has been president. So it's been bad. Uh, here's a headline from the New York Times. We showed you a tweet a moment ago. Here's a headline from the New York Times. Most Democrats don't want Biden in 2024, new poll shows. With the country gripped by a pervasive sense of pessimism, the president is hemorrhaging support. Now, this is why I keep telling you guys, they're done with Biden. Biden may not realize it, but they are done with him. They don't let him hold his phone. He obviously doesn't tweet himself. They are often telling him to get off stage. When he gets on stage, they tell him exactly what to say. We'll have more on that in just a sec. The machine used old Joe Biden to push through this progressive nonsense, but they're almost done with him. And my hope is that the lies, the lies of pretending that they were for him, that pretending that he's okay, my hope is it will take everybody out around him. That would be the way we get out of this. Uh, not just that they take him down and then they gain more power, right? That the progressives find someone even more crazy radical and they run with it. My hope is that as we all see, as Joe Biden is exposed as nothing, he's not a man anymore. He's just a shell of a human that all the people who defend him, who are all in on it, because they all know something's not right, that it'll take them all down. Um, here's Kamala. We showed you this one last week. I think it's worth looking at again. Kamala saying uh, that, you know, she'll, she'll support him. There is speculation among some Democrats and some Republicans that President Biden won't run for reelection in 2024. What's your message to those who say that? Listen to President Biden. He intends to run. And if he does, I intend to run with him. <laughs> so there you go. All right. The cackle. Now this time, you remember the video that I showed you last week 
where she was saying he's going to run again and she's going like this. This time she's taking notes. So she's nodding, yes, he's going to run again. She knows he's not going to run again. She knows she's not running with him. She may run against, uh, not against him. She may run in, instead of him, uh, but she, she knows it's a lie and she knows something is wrong with him. They all know it. They all know it. Uh, remember AOC? At least she's being somewhat honest. She's saying she's not sure what she's going to do. Oh, I just want to ask uh, about President Biden. He is saying he's going to run again in 2024. Will you support him? You know, if the president chooses uh, to run again in 2024, I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now uh, and preserving a majority this year in 2022. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But um, but I think if if the president has a vision and that's something certainly we're all willing to entertain and examine when the when the time comes. That's not a yes. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we should okay. endorse when we get to it. But I, I, I believe that the president has been doing a very good job uh, so far. And, um, you know, should he run again? I think that I, you know, I think it's it's we'll take a look at it. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Despite the fact I find her to be the most vapid, shell, inauthentic, unpleasant, dishonest, really vile human being who is here to only destroy America, I will give AOC credit. She's saying something a little bit kind of close to the truth. She's basically saying, hey, we used you, you old bastard. And she's not fully saying we're not going to support you because she knows she has to play the game of politics. But the way she's laughing and we'll get to the decision, all that, she knows she doesn't want Biden. She wants a true radical socialist communist, someone probably even worse than her. And we'll get to who that person might be in a few minutes. Um, but I'll give her credit for saying something kind of honest, as opposed to Kamala, who's pretending that Joe Biden is going to run again. And speaking of pretending that Joe Biden is going to run again, here's Gay Pete. Do you expect President Biden to run for re-election in 24? And if not, will you run? Yes, I do expect him to run. I'll support him. And let me tell you why he's going to have a lot to be proud of. And I'm going to choose my words carefully because I'm appearing as an official and this is not a campaign related appearance. But, mm -hmm. but, but I'm proud to be part of this administration that has done such work to bring America back from the brink of a recession, to create record job growth, uh, to build achievements that would not have been thought possible just a couple of years ago, like the bipartisan infrastructure law that, that, that I have the honor of working on. You know, people scoffed at the idea that you could get anything done on okay. a bipartisan basis. <sighs> Pete is just, he's just such an inauthentic nothing. I always describe him, he's just a suit. He's just a suit that they put a generic guy in who would say all the generic stuff. And then, you know, you're just going to be this like little nothing footnote in history. The fact that the, the interviewer was saying, well, you run. It's like they probably want Pete to run because he stands for nothing, right? So it's just like you can manipulate him in any which way possible. But he knows Joe Biden is not running. It's so idiotic to say that all this stuff about the job growth. Yes, if you crush millions and millions of jobs, eventually the jobs will come back when you let people out of their houses again. It's all lies. Gay Pete has no knowledge of transportation. He was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. They said, oh, we need a transportation secretary. Let's look at the oppression Olympics, people. Can we get a lesbian with a limp? No, we don't have a good one. Okay. Can we get a gay guy? Ah, got one. Okay. And can we find a trans health secretary? Got one. Okay. And do we have a black lesbian to be the press secretary? Got one. And do we have a furry to be in charge of nuclear waste? Oh, you got one of those too. 
but he just is nothing, right? He's sort of like, he wants to be, he sort of sounds like Obama. He has a little bit of the Obama affect, uh, but it's interesting that gay Pete's going all in on this. So it just should be noted. Kamala Harris, when it comes out that something's wrong with Biden, she was lying to all of us. Gay Pete was lying to all of us. Uh, and it's like, why are they supporting him? Well, politics is a weird game and it, you know, strange bedfellows and you have to protect your ass. It's like a constant protection racket with everybody. But the thing is, he is breaking down at extraordinary, uh, at an extraordinary rate. There was, uh, well, I'm going to show you some video from Friday and we could have, I could have spent the next hour uh, showing you clips of him being unable to read, say things sensibly. We're just going to pick a couple of things. Here's, here he is struggling with the prompter. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. End of quote. Repeat the line. Look. I fumble words sometimes when I'm doing this. As I often tell you guys, I have a prompter in front of me that doesn't tell me what to say. It just says the order of the show, right? So it tells me like what's coming up next, what clip am I throwing to? The rest of this is coming out of my brain. What's more interesting than him reading end of quote, repeat the line, is that he basically has been reduced to an elderly man who just reads pretty poorly off a teleprompter. He does not know what he is saying. He often rampages through these things, stumbling and stammering, and doesn't pick up all of the things that he knocked down, right? Like he doesn't actually realize that he's made all of these mistakes. He says all of these random things. Then he tells us that he's not allowed to talk and that he's gonna get in trouble and they don't want him to talk and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, here he is on the bike again this weekend. He didn't fall off this time, that's pretty good. Some of the groups want, I'm going to look like a fool here in this interview. But my, you look good. I put a helmet on because it's a tough interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all kidding aside, I think that. Uh... All right, whatever. It's not such a big deal about the helmet. It's just that he just doesn't know what he's doing. And it's like the image of that, him standing there mocking himself for the helmet. Do you think any other world leaders are afraid of this guy? Do you think they honestly think he's in charge? Like, does anyone really believe that any of this is working? Can you picture uh, what Obama or Trump would have done in that situation? Like, I mean, come on, you guys got it. But then there's this other thing where he just doesn't know what he's doing, right? And again, he's the pilot of the plane if you think of the country as a plane, right? And you want, even if you don't like exactly the direction that the plane is going, right? You wanna land there but they want to go this way. You roughly want the plane to land. You don't want the plane to burst into flames midair. You don't want the plane to go down into the, into the ditch. So I would like things to be better here. Here's a couple images that we got from uh, Twitter. This is from RNC Research. These are the notes. They zoomed in on the notes that they often hand Joe Biden. Now I get it. People have notes. He has to remember names. He has to remember locations, all sorts of stuff. That is just fine. However, we zoomed into one of these things. Let's take a look at this. You enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants. You take your seat, press enters. 
You give brief comments, press departs. You ask Liz Schuler, president, AFL-CIO, a question. You thank participants. You depart with you in capital letters because he is not sure who he is. This is a problem. This is a big problem. Uh, so what's CNN saying about all of this? Well, uh, again, they're coming around because the truth is a time release capsule for mainstream media. Even the economy to some extent, you've heard Biden say this is Putin's fault. I think that excuse is sort of uh, wearing thin with people across the board. There is this sense that he's not quite getting where he needs to go. So what do you do if you're sitting at home? You have a job, but you're kind of strapped by inflation. So what's the takeaway here? What's the long term I mean, you should be you, gearing You know what? It, it's so interesting because this time, you know, a year ago, the president could look at these numbers and tout them and sort of boast about them. Now that's completely changed because the name of the game is inflation. You've got ordinary Americans paying more in terms of higher gas prices, food prices, even though they saved so much during the pandemic, they're now eating into those savings. So Biden is going to obviously be blamed for this. So what's super interesting about this is you guys know that this is all on Biden. Like you don't have to be a wizard to remember that in the four years under the orange man, the economy was going bananas in a good banana sense. It was a good bunch of bananas, okay? Things were great. Black and Latino unemployment was at an all-time low. Obviously, COVID and lockdowns and all of that mangled that. But the basic structure of the economy, the basic idea of lowering taxes, unleashing competition and businesses, uh, getting businesses to return to America, all of those things, it was all working. It really was all working. You may not have liked uh, Donald Trump's skin color and you may not have liked his hair and some of the way he spoke in the tweets, but that is a fact. Then... We elect this human corpse who doesn't really stand for anything other than he's been in government for 47 years, ne obviously never really made anything happen. Otherwise, things would be better and there would be no use for him to be president. Obviously, his candidacy in many ways was a uh, complete exposure of the fact that Obama didn't do a great job when it came to anything systemic racism, the economy, blah, 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 because that ushered in Trump. So then why'd we bring in Biden to fix it? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but Biden now is running out of excuses because every time he says it's Putin's price hike, the average person now is realizing that, A, that's just, it's just not true. You're in charge of this country. So if a, if a leader of another country can just jack our gas prices up, cause our inflation to go up, cause us to have supply chain issues and all of those things, if that is true, well, then it is your job to make sure that those things don't happen. So nobody's buying this Putin price hike thing anymore. But every now and again, remember, he blames Putin for everything. It's always Putin. But every now and again, he accidentally says something else. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. Do you get the level of mixed messaging that that is? So on one hand, the prices are going up because of Putin. Putin is a bad dude. He went into Ukraine. It's causing all gas prices to rise. And he's also always yelling at gas companies for price gouging, even though they're just responding to the market. Okay, they want to make a profit. They want to actually put gas in people's cars and have people come to their gas station. There is some level of competition that goes on there. 
But he's always blaming Putin for all of this. But then right there he says, well, actually it's because we're going through this transition. We've got to get off this stuff. This is an incredible opportunity. And it's like, man, those things are completely at odds with each other, completely at odds. Which is it, man? Is it that we need gas, and but Putin's a bad dude? Or is it that we're actually doing it to ourselves? Because you guys have your Green New Deal and you're trying to destroy the way the known world uh, was able to build itself over the last, say, 100 years. Which one is it? Uh, but of course, the problem with these people is they lie about everything. They are so deep in the lies, they cannot stop lying. All they've got are lies. They are in the bottomless pit of lying. And when you are in that bottomless pit where there is no bottom, you must lie constantly to not just fall into the abyss. Here is black lesbian Corinne Jean-Pierre lying. When we look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. When you look at the unemployment numbers at 3.6%, uh, when you look at the jobs numbers, uh, more than 8.7 million of, of new jobs created. It's just, it's such lies and everyone knows it's lies. Where did those jobs come from, lady? Is it because there are a gajillion new companies that are all thriving right now, or is it because you forced all of these people out of work? Uh, well, one of my favorite meme makers online, this guy Mazemore, uh, he had a funnier version of that. And when we look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. The internet's pretty good when you want it to be. Okay, so where does this all lead us? The Biden thing is, is crumbling. It's crumbling intellectually. It's crumbling politically. There's almost no support for it, right? Even think about it this way. I, I get if you watch this show, you're probably not the biggest Biden supporter in the first place, but you know Biden voters, right? Where are the Biden supporters? I mean, I get you can get like sort of half person, you know, gay Pete, you can get him in a suit. He's just nothing in a suit. You can get him, he's, paid by the administration to say, I support Biden. You can get Kamala to say, I support Biden. But where are the regular people who are like, I really like Joe Biden. I sure do think Joe Biden's good. I'm not talking about political hacks and I'm not talking about media people. I'm talking about the regular people. Every, like the, the base doesn't like him, right? I mean, nobody likes him. So what are they gonna do? Well, if I've learned one thing over the last seven or eight years while doing this show, if you take the left, and you look at the sum totality of their ideas, they will always get worse. There is no self-reflection. There is no ability to say, hey, maybe we should put our, foots on, our foot on the brake as we're going off the cliff. They will always find someone worse. They will always find a worse set of ideas. Uh, and that is a perfect segue to this tweet by Gavin Newsom. We're about to celebrate Independence Day, but freedom is under attack by Republican leaders in states like Florida. Banning books, restricting speech, making it harder to vote, criminalizing women and doctors. It's time to stand up. Don't let them take your freedom. Okay, so first off, obviously, I have to put some money in the jar and we will give this money at the end of the year. I've officially announced we will give this money at the end of the year to get someone out of California because nobody should have to live under that freak. Okay, Gavin Newsom is, you know my feelings about Gavin Newsom, obviously. He, he is soulless. He is genuinely soulless. I mean that. I actually mean that. I don't mean it to be hyperbolic. I mean that if your entire existence is based on lying, the fact that he dare say the word freedom 
as if he cares about anyone's freedom after what he has done in California, destroyed San Francisco as the mayor of San Francisco. And then because he's a progressive and because there is only one type of privilege in the United States and it's Democrat privilege, you then fail up through the system. So you get a one state party like California, which has higher taxes constantly, and there's fires all over the place and water shortages and homelessness and drug use and horrible schools and bad policing and all of the stuff, you get all of the stuff. But, but Newsom's doing something. If, if Newsom is good at one thing, he's good at using the system to his advantage. So no matter what Newsom gets exposed for, it never takes him out, right? He eats, he eats with, um, with lobbyists at French Laundry, the most expensive restaurant in California, during the lockdowns, they rack up $30,000 in booze. Doesn't matter, it's like you just get away with it. Right now, he's vacationing in Montana, which is supposedly an anti-gay state that he has banned California from doing any official business with, but he can go there and do his thing there. There's no hypocrisy that would ever get him to look in the mirror. This is, this is his driving force, the hypocrisy, the abuse, the elitism, it is all part of what is driving him. And he realizes, so this is where I'll give him credit. He realizes Biden's done, Biden is gone. And he is a soulless, power hungry monster who dare uses the word freedom. Everything he said in that, can we pull that tweet up again, Connor? Can you pull the tweet up again? Everything he said is a lie in there that they're banning books in Florida, not true. Actually, they've been banning books in California because of words that are in certain books like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, restricting speech. No one's restricting anyone's speech here in Florida. It's against the First Amendment. Making it harder to vote, completely not true. He wants people to have IDs, unlike the ridiculous California system. I'm talking about DeSantis, obviously. Uh, criminalizing women and doctors, obviously not, obviously not. Florida actually has a very, very, I would say, moderate policy on abortion that was just passed by Governor Ron DeSantis and their Republican legislature, which went into effect, I think it goes into effect this week, maybe it was last week, 15 weeks, three and a half months. That is as freaking moderate compromising as you can get. Most people in America are there. They're not on board with eight month abortions like that genuine psychopath. I honestly believe that Gavin Newsom is an evil psychopath. That is my political analysis of Gavin Newsom. But why am I bringing all this up? Because I think something good is starting to present itself. Biden is done, right? Hillary, Trump, like there's an old world that's sort of on the way out. Now, now Trump's probably gonna run, so he's not fully part of this. But that whole thing about all of those people is sort of passing us now. And there's a new thing on the horizon. And what that new thing is, I think is represented by Florida, and California. And I happen to have lived in both of those states and I happen to have fled one of those states for the other. The fight that America is about to face is going to be a fight between those two ideas. Do you want big government? Do you want the ability for bureaucrats to lock you in their house when they go out to eat? Do you want high taxes? Do you want ineffectual uh, nonsensical policies that are bringing in wokeism and turning your boys into girls and making racists out of everyone, all those things. Do you want that, California, Gavin Newsom, or do you want freedom? Do you want low taxes? Do you want the government to not be part of every facet of your life? Do you, do you want any of those things? Do you want a flourishing economy? Do you want a place, put aside politics for a second. Guys, you, happier here or in California? Here, you. Happier here, you, happier here, okay. It is obvious, the, the, the quality of life, once government is off your back, once the machine is off your back, once you have a little more money 
in your wallet. I mean, think of the in income tax thing alone. The fact that there is no income tax here in Florida. Income tax, at the end of the year, you've been taxed, you know, payroll tax and sales tax and tax on this and homeowners tax and all these taxes, right? And then at the end of the year, the government comes in and says, hey, we just want more of your money. Now, California has one of the highest, if not highest income taxes, right? So you're paying probably 11% or so. And here there's none, right? So you get more of your money at the end and you can do some stuff with your house or you could buy a boat or you could save that money or you could buy Bitcoin or any of those things. But, the, but putting that all aside, is California run better because of it has more money? I mean, this is where Democrats catch everybody. They think, oh, if the government just takes more money, we have more money to do stuff that things will be done better. And it's simply not true. We have roads here in Florida. The roads are actually way better, way better. I've been driving all over this state. I love this freaking state. And I've been driving all over the place. We don't have potholes everywhere. We don't have just garbage all lit littered all over the street. We don't have homeless encampments everywhere. So how is it that Cal uh, Florida figured out a way to say, we don't want more of your money at the end of the year, and we're still gonna have all the stuff that California has. There is nothing good that California has that Florida does not have. Anyway, Gavin Newsom is doing something wise because he's nothing other than a, a soulless soulless. That's the word I want to attach to this man. He is a soulless political hack. And, but he's doing something wise because he knows Biden's on the way out and he's pushing himself as the 2024 guy. And I say, let's have that fight. Let's have that fight between California and Florida because that really is where America is at. And Ron DeSantis is not just going to sit there and take it like most Republicans would. Uh, he put out, uh, this ad going after Newsom. When families are uprooting from the Pacific coast to go almost 3,000 miles in search of a better life, that's telling you something. Yes, we've created a, a citadel of freedom here that has attracted people, and we're proud of it. But let's just be clear, California is driving people away with their terrible governance. Some of the best weather in the world in Southern California. They have some of the best natural advantages, probably the best natural advantages of any state in this country. And for the entire history of California, they never lost population until this recent governor uh, got into office. And now they're hemorrhaging population. Uh, it's almost hard to drive people out of a place like California, given all their natural advantages. And yet they're finding a way to do it. Truth, truth, and ain't it refreshing when you hear it. It is not easy for people to uproot. I, I had to move two companies here, bring my employees with me, make sure everybody wanted to come here. Everyone had to find houses and get cars and, and change all of these things in their lives, right? Uh, two of the guys in here are from Cali. It's not like you just want to pick up, oh, okay, I'm going to leave my family and go, right? It's like, but thousands, thousands and thousands of people have done it. Nobody is moving to California. How stupid or brain dead would you have to, yes, I'm gonna leave Florida and free Florida and I'm gonna move to California and pay more in taxes and live in filth and, and have homeless encampments everywhere and drug use and all that stuff. Nobody's going that way. Gavin Newsom is the number one U-Haul salesman for people that wanna move east because they're all going that way. And when I moved here, we had, we had these two big moving trucks to get all of our stuff over here. And it took forever to get all of our stuff here because the moving truck people told us the problem is that in, in normal times, there's an ebb and flow across the country, right? In normal times, sometimes people are moving from, sometimes people do actually leave Florida. You might go from Florida to North Carolina, or you might even go uh, further west. 
you might go from California, Arizona, whatever, people are just migrating all over the place. What Gavin Newsom has caused is thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, as Ron DeSantis has referenced there, California for the first time ever in the last two years lost population, for the first time ever, and it's 100% because of him. Uh, they cannot get trucks because a truck is supposed to, you move somebody from California and then the truck guy, he's got to make some money. So now he's got a truck, an empty truck, say in Florida. Well, he needs that truck to get back to California because that's where the truck is supposed to be. He would want to take some stuff in that truck, have someone pay him to move a couch, but there's nobody going back that way. So Gavin Newsom has destroyed lives. He has uprooted a lot of people, but I will say this. Thank you, Gavin Newsom, because uh, my businesses are thriving. My guys are happy. I'm happy. We're happy and living a much better life. So that's the fight that America has to have. That's the fight that's coming. I guarantee you, mark, mark it down. Does someone have a pen and paper? You have a pen and paper? Mark it down. Ruben called it today. That's the fight. That's the fight America needs to have. That's the fight we deserve to have. Do you want to live free or do you want to live California style? That is the fight that we have to have. And speaking of all of that, it's Meme Monday over at the Ruben Report community. Here is the meme that I put up this morning. That's Gavin Newsom, number one U-Haul salesman. Join us in California for homelessness, crime, random people with guns, high gas prices, and much more. Saw dozens and dozens of you uh, putting up other memes on there. And let's just jump to a couple comments and then we got a cold close for you in just a moment. Jeannie says, it seemed like Elon was just playing chicken with Twitter. Love it. He didn't blink and he exposed their bot farm. Maybe that's what it was all about. You know, you just have to think, imagine the level of intelligence this guy has. I mean it not only sort of up here, but the level of intelligence, meaning the people he has around in all of these companies, knowing what's really going on, okay? He had to have known that it was gonna be far worse than the 5%. And those of you that are on Twitter, uh, you know that something feels way more manipulated now than it did even, even two months ago. So something really, really weird. So. Maybe he was playing chicken the entire time. Maybe he was playing chicken with the tweeter. Uh, Margo says, Dave, you're supposed to warn us when you bring on the cackling one. Yeah, I didn't warn everybody. Connor, that one's on you. We, we should have warned you if we bring on the cackling woman or crazy eyes AOC or I know it's like a whole, it's a lot of warnings. The whole show would just be warnings, you know, that stuff. Amy says, if Newsom is the Democrat nominee for POTUS, then we must have DeSantis as the Republican. It would be an epic battle of a tale of two states and Florida wins hands down. Yeah, that's, that's really what I'm feeling. It really was locking in my brain over the weekend. Um, do we need another fight, another Trump-Biden fight? Is that really what it feels like America needs right now? Do we need another Trump-Hillary fight? Does that feel like what America needs? Or to get past all of this stuff, do we really need a fight of, they happen to be younger, but you know, let's say prime of their live people who have run two states on opposite coasts, who have done everything 180%, 180 degrees differently than each other. And then it would show a fight. It would show a true battle of ideas, not who grabbed her by the pussy and who killed this one or raped this one or married to the rapist or blah, 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 all that stuff. It's like, let's have it out. Let's get this thing to its volition and then let's move on. And if half the country uh, wants Gavin Newsom in California, then may God help us all. But that's the, fun, the, the fight that we have to have. They are, is that right? Phoenix is giving me some info on the fly. They're, oh, two of the most, I thought it said two of, I thought the two most populated states in the country. They're two of the most populated. I know that, I didn't know, I thought for a second you were saying Florida was number two, that can't be. Um, 
But yes, California is a massive juggernaut. It has been run into the ground. And, uh, and any of you watching from California, and I know we've got a lot of viewers, particularly in OC, that does seem to be a bastion of sanity uh, in, uh, in California. You're welcome here in Florida. Oh, and I'm getting an update on the fly. California, number one in population. New York, number two. Florida, number three. I did not know that. I did not know that. Weird, wild stuff. Guys, if you want to join me in Miami on Thursday night with Lisa Booth and with Dave Raboy and Christina Pouchaud, DaveRubin.com slash events. I think there's a couple VIP tickets left. Not totally sure on that. My full interview with Bill O'Reilly is up right now. And I leave you on this Monday with a cold close. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Well, you guys are always excited to hear what I got to say. I don't have I, I don't have anything to preview for you at this time. I don't have anything to share right now, so I'm not going to get ahead of the president on that. I, I don't have anything to share on that either, uh, but I don't have any updates uh, on that. As uh, soon as we, as soon as we have something, we will we will share that. Can't speak to any, anything more besides you know we would refer you to the IRS on that specific thing. So look. Again, I don't have anything to preview or announce at this time. I just don't have anything to read out. I can't speak to that from here. I'm not going to get ahead of the president. I actually don't have anything for you. I'm not going to get ahead of the president's decision. I'm, I just is not. I'm not going to speak to it. I don't have anything for you at this time to preview. I don't have anything for you to preview. You. Again, I don't have anything to share with you. I don't have anything else to read out, and I just don't have anything to share at this time. I just I don't have anything to share. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to negotiate from here. I'm not going to give a deadline from here. I don't have an executive order, uh, executive action to speak to. So I don't have any. Uh, we don't have any calls to read out. Um, I don't have more to share. So I don't have anything for you to preview. For you. I just don't have anything for you to share at this time. I, I don't. Have have a, a call to preview for you. I we just don't have more to share. I don't have a, any calls to preview at this time. I there's I just don't have anything to share. I mean that's a hypothetical that I can't really speak to. I cannot speak to that particular uh, uh, vacancy. I, I'm I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna go on to litmus test. So um, I don't have anything to share. All I can tell you is that we don't normally speak on uh, uh, vacancies. I cannot speak uh, to any uh, uh, discussions that are happening. I, I don't have anything to preview for you at this time. I just cannot speak to that from here. I, I, I just don't have anything to, to say. I'm not going to get ahead of what those actions are going to be. I, we just don't have anything to share. I just don't have a call to, to preview at this time, but I don't have anything uh, to share. So I don't have anything specifically on the VA. Yeah, so um, we don't have anything clearly right now at this time. Thank you guys for tuning into the Rubin Report direct message. 